1: Alicia Del Valle and the baby
0: faced gimmick in the sky, Roger. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Los Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Los Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports. BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season, as we have you covered on all your insider sports wagering needs. From MLB, UFC, and boxing, it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your home. So, get into the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BELIEV, BLEAV to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Ben online, where the game starts. And joining us on the Cabinet Santa for the very first time is the Angels Beat writer for the Orange County Register, Jeff Fletcher. He is also the author. Of Showtime, not the Lakers, but Showtime, the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season ever played. Jeff, como estás? Bienvenido. Welcome.
1: Uh gracias.
0: Ah, there we go. There you Good go, bien. Jeff. <laughs> you get you get the show now. You get the show. We're, we're okay, gonna okay. we're gonna teach you Spanish. Uh Jeff, we wanted to have you on the show because uh, the freeway series is gonna be starting uh on Tuesday, and we want to get a preview and It seems like the Dodgers are going to get the Angels at the wrong time right now because it looks like the Angels are playing really, really well. All of a sudden, they're one game out of the wild card spot. They're only four and a half games out of first. Uh, What did they do to turn around their season, or am I completely wrong? Because at the beginning of the season, it it looked like it was the same old, same old with the Angels.
1: I've never really been that bad at any point this year. I think they were, uh, they pretty much were 500 for first two months. Uh, I mean, the only, they maybe were one game below. They never really looked bad, but they had really been off and, and, and really played well until about the last 10 days. And uh, you know, it's just been a combination of uh, they played the Cubs who are not very good. Uh, They played the Mariners who are sort of like them. They're kind of a team that, that could be better, but has not played up to their capability. And then this, week they played the Rangers, who were obviously one of the best teams in baseball this year, and won three out of four in Texas. So that is a, is a real... Uh, I think the difference there was basically the Rangers don't have a very good bullpen, the Angels suddenly do have a very good bullpen, so the Angels were able to keep those games late, and uh, they just outpitched the Rangers late in those games, and uh, that's how they won them. So right now their their offense is, is doing pretty well, although they got some injuries that are just you know, As we speak, starting to uh, to hit them, and their bullpen has been very good. Their rotation has been not so good, but that's kind of where they are right now.
0: So uh, you had mentioned the injuries, uh, and it seems like Anthony Rendon uh, again is is going on the IL. Well, I mean, uh,
1: as we sit here today on uh, Friday morning, he, he had an x-ray last night, and we don't know the results of it yet. He got hit by a pitch in the game last night, and he was able to stay in the game because he played defense basically could not swing the bat so times he came up he just stood there and watched three strikes go by but they were ahead so they said it's fine we'll go for his defense but we'll see you know i would not be surprised if if he does have to go on the il but you know as we're speaking right now i don't know if that's happening for sure
0: is that guy getting a bad rap from the fans uh because it just seems i mean he can't help it he's just been injury plagued since the Angels signed him right yeah,
1: I mean it's been uh it's been pretty bad the the injuries he's had. Um you know, he's definitely provides some value when he's there even though it's not like the 2019 Nationals kind of value where he was you know in the, the MVP running. Uh and actually 2020 the shortened season with the Angels he finished I think ninth in the MVP that year. So shortened season, you know, not the same, but he he did everything you could expect then. But then 21 and 22 he was hurt uh for more than half of those, both those seasons and 23, he already missed uh, about a month. So the angels have played pretty well when he's in there. Uh, I think he definitely adds something. He has really good at bats that, uh, that they say, you know, bleeds over to the rest of the team guys watch that and they see what he makes the pitchers do. And it, it helps the rest of them. It's hard for me to understand how true. Cause you know, watch a video of him, you know, when he's not there, you should be able to figure it out. But, uh, but the results are that they are a much better hitting team when he's in the lineup. Even the other players hit better when he's in the lineup. So that's a fact. I can't explain it, but uh, that is what's happened so far.
0: So going into the season, I don't think they were worried about the offense, right? I, I think the big question marks were like, had you had mentioned the starting pitching, did they expect the bullpen to be this good?
1: Well, last year they had a terrible offense, which was mostly because they had guys get hurt and they had no replacements for them. Basically, Rendon, like we said, missed a lot of the year and they used like 10 different guys to play third in his place and like five of those guys got released. So they weren't even – they were just like passing through and get out of here. So, uh, you know, and they had other problems, you know, once they – traded Brandon Marsh. They didn't really have anybody in the outfield. And, um, you know, Jared Walsh got hurt. They didn't really have anybody at first base. So they just had all these holes in their lineup. So a lot of times they were putting out a lineup with, like, four or five big league hitters. It's really hard to produce. So this year they they added Hunter Renfro, Dio Urshela, and uh, Brandon Drury. And Urshela and Drury, in particular, are guys that can play multiple positions. So they figured they can have extra pieces if anybody's hurt, like we've seen with Rendon, uh, to, to fill in for them. And that's really been one of the biggest differences, is that they're now, you know, no offense to guys like Jack Mayfield and Phil Gosselin, who were out there last year, but it's much better to have Brandon Drury and Gio Rochella as your backup guys. So that's been better. Uh, Pitching-wise, last year the rotation was really good. Uh, the rotation ranked sixth in the majors in ERA last year. Um, this year it's been a big disappointment. Uh, just really none of the pitchers has been as good as they were last year, including otan And uh, if they're really going to stay in the year and get into the playoffs, those guys need to improve. And uh, the bullpen last year was kind of middle of the road, and this year it started out really bad, and then it's gotten really good. So I don't know, will probably end up still middle of the road. Who knows? But uh, that's
0: that's kind of where they are. You know, the the Dodgers are going through it right now with their bullpen, and I've I've always posed the question that if you're a front office, can you factor in for regression or what's not on paper, right? Every year they expect these guys to do the same thing that they do every year, but sometimes that doesn't happen. Is, Is that something that every front office, do they factor that in saying, well, what do we do if we get underperformance? Yeah, I
1: mean, I think that bullpens are incredibly difficult to predict just by the nature of the fact that if these guys were really consistently good, they would be starters. And you're dealing with guys who are sort of the second tier of pitchers to begin with, and then it's also a really small sample size. So if a guy is bad for 10 straight innings, that, you know, is a sixth season or whatever. Whereas if a starter is bad for 10 straight innings, it's two games and, you know, whatever it, it it goes away. That I think is a problem. And and I had a GM once tell me the uh, the best way to have a really good bullpen is to have a really bad bullpen one year and bring back all the exact same pitchers the next year, because that's just how they are. They're they're in they're up and down. Uh, you know, and it, it works the other way too. If you have a really good bullpen and you try to bring back everybody and expect everybody to reproduce what they did it's not going to work. So. Uh, Angels bullpen was in April, and June has been in baseball. So
0: who knows? So where the Angels are at right now, is this what Perry Maniason was expecting? Did they expect that they would be competitive and they'd be up there? with? I I don't know if anybody saw the Rangers playing the way they were playing in this division, but at least competing with the Astros.
1: Um, That was the plan. I mean, they're not in a rebuilding mode at all. When you've got Mike Trout and you got got Shaitani in the last year's contract, there was nothing about the Angels that was like, oh, let's look at 2024, 2025. They needed to win this year and, uh, you know, I don't know how certain they could be that they were going to do it, but they they felt like they'd made improvements. I think if you told them at the beginning of the season that their record, as we sit here, would be 39 and 32, they would probably say, yeah, you know, that sounds about uh, I think if you told them how they got to that record, they would be very surprised because, like I said, it's been kind of backward what well expected. But, uh, but I think the overall level that they played at is what they were counting on.
0: So if, let's say – I mean, the question now is, obviously, if they're competitive, they're one game out of the wild-card spot, there's no way they're trading Shohei Otani. Now, this was a question that, obviously, they were going to have to deal with, with one way or another going into this season, Right. And Artie Moreno the other day just came out and said that, you know, they're going to make every effort to try to, to re-sign Shohei Ohtani. If things go completely left on them right now and the wheels go completely off the wagon, do they contemplate trading Ohtani or is that just not an issue at all? And what's the point of talking about this? I mean,
1: for the next month, and they're like six games out of a wild spot line and there's three other teams in front of them. I think maybe they think about it, but even then I think that they, they, they want to resign him and they feel like if they trade him, they're not going to be able to resign. Now it may be really hard to resign him. If, if you're terrible, because he doesn't want to resign with a team that's would be on its way to its whatever ninth straight losing season. So, you know, there's a chance of them trading him, but, just based on the way they've played right now. And I still think if you, you look at their whole roster, there's a lot more guys who have underperformed and overperformed, and they're in the race. So I don't see them really hope falling hopelessly out of it. You know, maybe they hit a little slump and instead of being one game back, they're three games back. But I, I still I don't think they would trade him in that circumstance.
0: How is this offseason gonna look? Not just only for the Angels, but all of Major League Baseball. Uh, you just mentioned something that I think was surprising to people, but I think it's something you're going to have to consider if you're going to offer this guy a contract. You th- he's not pitching as well as he pitched last year. And the question I've always wondered is, how much longer can this guy keep this up? We haven't seen anybody do this. So if you're going to throw $600 million at a guy because he can pitch and hit, but... What if all of a sudden you only get one year of pitching?
1: That's a great question. Uh, Nobody knows the answer to that. Uh, And, you know, nobody has ever done this before. I actually feel like uh, Otani gets sort of uh, underrated and overrated at the same time. And and when I say underrated, I look at like last year when, when Aaron Judge won the MVP and people went all gaga about what Aaron Judge did and they didn't consider the fact that Aaron Judge had a great offensive season. Other players have had great offensive seasons. Nobody does what Shohei Otani does. It's absolutely incredible, and every year that he does it, at that level at least, you know, not just like a middling one or the other, but really good at both, he should be the MVP. It's just the way it is. So people underrate him in that sense. But then also when you look at, like, what you expect from him in the future, they kind of overrate him because this is not just a guarantee that he's going to do it every year. This is really, really hard to do his first three years in the big leagues, he did not do it. So uh, I don't think you can just say, oh, look, we signed Otani. We're going to get, you know, one of the best pitchers and one of the best hitters for 10 years. I, I just don't know that you can do that. So it's, it's going to be super, super interesting to see what team gets uh, him. And I think there's a significant risk that the, whatever team gets him and pays him $500 million, $600 million is not going to get this guy for the whole term of that contract. I mean, I think that's true with any free agent, but, you know, especially with him, it's a little bit of risk. You know, the upside is so high, and there's other ways that he makes money for your organization uh to kind of balance that a little bit. So uh, the bottom line is I think it's going to be a super interesting situation.
0: You know, you, you bring up a very good point, and I think we do lose sight of the fact that the first three years he wasn't doing what – everybody expected him to do. Uh, another thing that I, I find really interesting. And I think you had mentioned this before also is his availability. If you're going to pay somebody that amount of money and you mentioned you make money in other ways off of, off of him, you can, you put the demands, Hey, we need you to be more available. And I just don't mean about playing, but being available to talk to the media to interact with the community. Now, is that something that's under consideration, or you just can't you can't broach that with him because he's got all he's he's got all the leverage.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be uh, something that's going to be talked about with his next team because he has a, a pretty unique situation with the Angels, where his responsibilities beyond playing baseball are minimal. Um, You know, he doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. He doesn't do, you know, community events and and that kind of thing. Um, He's a great ambassador for the game just in terms of what he does, you know, playing the game. But, uh, you know, he doesn't do a lot of stuff beyond that, which is understandable because he's got a lot on his plate to do what he does. So uh, he knows how that works with the Angels. They've had kind of uh, years to work out this agreement. Not that there's any formal agreement, but years to work out like how it's gonna go. And I think if he goes to any other environment, it's gonna be a question like, how is it gonna work? And uh, will it be the same? Will it be different? Will Otani try to make it different on his end? Will it affect his performance? All those are unknowns. So I think it's gonna be really interesting to see if he goes to another environment, like how all of that changes if it does.
0: You know, the season started off, uh, I think, in a very peculiar way for the Angels because there was all that drama with Artie's going to sell the team. And then all of a sudden, Artie says he's not going to sell the team. And we had the situation in Oakland with the fans there losing their team. But I remember seeing the Angels fans being so happy when they announced that Artie Moreno was going to sell the team. And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he's not selling the team I mean, what's what's the energy level like down there in, in Anaheim? I mean, are the fans into this, or do they just show up whenever Otani pitches?
1: Well, when the team's winning, they're
0: into it. Uh, you know, when they're losing, they're
1: very frustrated. They've been very frustrated for a long time now. They really hope there would be a change in ownership because, you know, right or wrong, they blame Artie for a lot of what's gone wrong, and he is responsible for some of it, not all of it. But, uh, you know, and I think that they wanted to just see something different. Even though they didn't know who the new owner was going to be, they just thought, oh, it'll be something different and we'll have a different direction. The direction we're in, they didn't like. So then once Artie said he was going to be back, there was a lot of frustration with that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that if the Angels can continue to play well this year and say they make some trades and add some more payroll at the deadline and they get into the playoffs and they at least make a – pretty good offer to keep Otani and all that stuff happens. I think that they would have much better feelings about him. But as of now, they still are very skeptical of him and they, they don't think that the, the team can win with him running things as he has. So I think that they, uh, they're still just kind of keeping an eye on that.
0: Wow. Uh, give us an update on Mike Trout. I feel like Mike Trout has become the forgotten man in baseball and That to me is like, but this guy is the best baseball player in baseball. But now I'm wondering, is he the best baseball player in baseball? I mean, we haven't heard much about him. We don't see him much because he's not in the playoffs. What's going on with Mike Trout?
1: Well, he's having the worst year of his career. Um, And I've always said that the difference between Mike Trout and all the other, you know, superstar level players is that Mike Trout never has a bad year. You know, you even look at, you know, the other guys who win MVPs, uh, would still regress and have a bad year once in a while and they would come back. And um, that never happened to Mike Trout until now uh, this year. He's, he's been in a slump for about six weeks. His OPS is down to maybe eight 20, something like that. He's never had a season where his OPS was under 900. Okay. And he's had a lot where it's been a thousand. So that's the level he's always been at, you know, We ask him what's wrong, and he just says, you know, he's just not feeling right, and his timing's not there. He's not recognizing pitches. Uh, Physically, he's fine, he says. He's fine. Um, They're giving him some days off, so he's not had any back problems like like he had last year. So Uh, it could just be some mechanical thing that he's going to have to fix. I don't think anybody's given up on him and thinks that, like, this is it for him. Everybody's still kind of expecting that one of these weeks is just going to click, and he's going to go back to being – Awesome Mike Trout, but uh, right now he's definitely not.
0: You know what, Jeff? You're you're making me feel a lot better. I was really worried about the Dodgers going into the series against the Angels because I just saw all the Angels are hot. They took three or four out of the Rangers. Of course, with the Dodgers' bullpen problems, this is going to be a mess. But to hear you say now that Otani's not pitching as well as he did last year, Mike Trout is having the worst season out of his uh, career, maybe the Dodgers can salvage a game uh, on here. But, Jeff, you're there. This, when the Dodgers go down to Anaheim, I see a lot of Dodger fans in the stands. And there's always this question of, is this a rivalry? We get this, is the are the Dodgers and the show pods a rivalry and all that stuff. But what is this relationship between the Dodgers and the Angels? Is it just one-sided? Because I know Angel fans hate the Dodgers.
1: Uh, I mean, I... I think that's probably true. I think that the Angel fans get more pleasure out of beating the Dodgers than Dodger fans do of beating the Angels. And I think that's just the way the relationship is. The Dodgers have kind of been the big brother. You know, they've been the more successful team. They're the more traditional franchise. They have a bigger fan base. So, uh, you know, when you go to Angels games in uh, Anaheim, it's very split, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily 50-50, but there's a big chunk of Dodger fans there. And, uh, you know, the games are very exciting because somebody's cheering for every single thing that happens. When the two teams play at Dodger Stadium, it's, you know, more like 80-20 probably with uh, Dodger fans. But, uh, but still, there's, there's still some, some excitement there. And I, and I think all rivalries are really fan-driven. Uh, for the rivalries for players, the teams that you play a lot and teams that you're fighting within your division – so, you know, I'm sure if you ask the Dodgers, you know, to to the players, like when they play the Padres, is a much bigger deal than you know their four games a year against the Angels. Yeah, this before, before we go is uh, sure my my book Otani is a uh, Showtime: The Inside Story of Shohei Otani and the Greatest Baseball Season Ever Played, and it kind of tells you the whole uh, baseball journey for Otani through Japan and getting to the Angels and the, the bad years of the Angels and then the, the MVP season. And I think it's a good read for anybody who wants to catch up on him, <clears throat> including people who are fans of other teams that may or may not have Otani in the future. So I'm sure that includes a lot of your listeners. So uh, anyway, if uh, that ever gets to that point, um, they'll want to read the book.
0: Do you have a couple more minutes to get into the book real quick? Yeah, or do sure. you got to go? No, so I- I'll talk about the book anytime. <laughs> All right, perfect. So how, how has that experience been for you in terms of, of the research, uh, because from what I've heard is this guy's really difficult, not only just to get access to, but just to understand his thinking because he doesn't think like a traditional Japanese player. Am I right on that? Well, I mean, uh, it's just hard to understand his thinking because he doesn't really talk about
1: it. He doesn't really give you insight as to to what he thinks or believes or wants. So you mainly have to go by looking at what he's done and sort of extrapolate from there. And uh, so that's what I've done in the book. And there's a lot of stories in there about like when he was young in Japan and like he made lists of his goals and uh, that kind of thing. You can kind of get a picture of what he's like. It tells you how like committed he was to baseball even from a young age. And uh, you know, we do, I mean, I, I talk to him once a week basically when he pitches and we get a little snippet of him every time then. So you add all that together, you start to get a picture of, uh, of who he is. But but it is very difficult because he, he's not just going to sit down and, and tell you about his feelings or anything like that.
0: And you always have to go through a translator, right? Yeah. So, so is there adds something? a whole other layer, too, yeah. Right. I mean, there's uh, is there something lost in the translation, do you feel, sometimes when you're talking to him?
1: Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, you know, I don't think that that's intentional, necessarily. I just think it's really difficult. To do, I mean, I always say that if uh if I had to listen to somebody else speaking English and then I had to repeat everything that he said in English to, to a third party, I would forget stuff or change things or just because it's really hard to do and if let alone if you're translating it from another language so um, I think that that's just kind of a natural part of when you're communicating that way is that things get sometimes lost or misunderstood
0: when you're putting that book together, what is the most challenging aspect of that book? I'm I'm assuming you're outlining, right? But when you're doing your research, do you find all of a sudden, oh, now I got to go in a different direction. I wanted to go this way, but everything I'm hearing is telling me to go somewhere else.
1: Well, I mean, I I had pretty much knew the direction of the book before I started it, just because I had already been, I'd been covering Oteni for, you know, four years at the time that I started writing the book. So I knew a lot about what he was and what he'd done in baseball. And so I kind of knew where the path was going to take me. And it was just a matter of filling in those holes to get there. So uh, for the most part, there weren't really surprises. Uh, You know, it was when I was researching his life in Japan is where I really learned the most, because I obviously wasn't there for that stuff. But, uh, you know, it's it's all
0: in there now. So when you saw him at the WBC and you had that great classic moment with him facing Trout and he clearly was the leader of Team Japan, is that the same experience that you felt like when he was in Japan from the research that you've done that he was the man and he knew how to deal with it and he never shied away from that moment?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's obviously been the best player on his team you know, all those years he was in Japan or at least the last few. And, uh, you know, they did win a championship with him over there in in 2016. But uh, I think that the, the WBC was still a higher level than even, you know, winning the Japan series because he was representing his country and he was doing it after a very frustrating, you know, five years in the major leagues of not really having that experience. You know, when he won the Japan series in Japan in 2016, that was like his, fourth year there so and he was still you know 21 22 years old so it probably didn't mean the same he probably figured oh i'm just going to do this all the time but now go to the united states five years being on a losing team now you go back you put on your country's colors and you have a chance to win a championship against a much better team than any team that he would have beaten in the japan series Uh, i'm sure that was a much bigger deal to him
0: so, uh, being uh, that our sponsor is Bet Online, I, I have to ask you, Jeff, being a betting man, who do you think you see him with next year?
1: Well, this is my standard answer that I give everybody, not just because I'm here, but uh, I say 40% chance Dodgers, 30% chance Angels, probably 25% some combination of Mariners, Giants, Padres, Mets, and then like 5% everybody else I've you know I, surprised everybody else
0: I, I love that answer I love that you broke it down into percentages uh because you have really
1: thought come, about this a lot trust me
0: <laughs> you get this question all the time don't you Jeff
1: yes yes
0: um I real quick last one I want to ask you is the the samurai helmet the home run celebration do we know where that came from did that come from Otani oh yeah it was Otani's idea
1: uh, he paid for the thing. I think it cost like seven hundred or something like that. So, uh, or maybe more. I don't remember. But it's it was not a cheap bat. And uh, but it was Otani's idea, and and he brought it in, and they have a lot of fun with it.
0: We we keep hearing he has a really good relationship with his his teammates, doesn't he?
1: Well, see that that is the thing also that that I would caution people about because I think that from outside there's this perception that Otani is just so mad that the angels haven't won that he just sits and mopes around and like watches the highlights of winning teams and just like is begging to get out. And that is not true at all. He loves his teammates. He has a great time there. Uh, When they do win, he's like in the middle of everything. Um, They have a lot of fun together. Uh, You know, we just saw, this series against the Rangers, which is basically as close as he's come to the playoffs with the Angels, you know, a big mid-season series against a first-place team to show what you're made of, and they won three out of four games, and he was huge in that series. He had four homers, and he was leading the charge, and uh, he said that everybody's all fired up. So, I mean, I think if the Angels could give him just a little of that, you know, that kind of feeling that he would he would really want to stay. So I don't think it's by any means this foregone conclusion that he's just counting the days to get out because they have not won so far. I think he really wants to win with the Angels. And if that doesn't happen, then I think that opens it up to other people.
0: And there you have it. Uh, we want to be respectful of your time, Jeff. We want to thank you for coming on. But being that this is your first time on the show, we, we got to hit you up, uh, with our rapid fire questions. So um, we call these our kick it, our kickback questions. Um, if you have a longer answer, by all means go into it, but they're, they're meant to be quick. Um, so, uh, first one though, with the Rangers being surprising, the Astros are the Astros. It seems like the Mariners are the most disappointing team in that division right now. Do you think the angels stay in, in this and are are fighting for a playoff spot come September? I do.
1: I think they're certainly going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I don't know if they're going to end up making it because there's other good teams you know that they're fighting with the, the yankees and the blue jays are going to be all in that mix uh for the, the wild card so uh they should definitely be in it
0: uh we just found out recently that we are the number one baseball podcast in armenia jeff so we need to know have you been to armenia i have not All right, so we're still trying to understand why we're so popular in Armenia. So uh, we'll we'll go ahead and see uh, what that quest is like. Uh, Next one, uh, we are also big fans of the male soap opera on this show, which is wrestling. Have you ever, at one point in your life, going back to your childhood, been a fan of wrestling? Or do you poo-poo it? Are you above it, Jeff?
1: Never. I don't understand the ill of it, but uh, I guess a lot of people do like it. It's for
0: Neanderthals, right, Jeff? I didn't say that, but uh, <laughs> not for me. And last one, uh, we are all about the cultura here. So that means for us, it's tacos. We love tacos. So you're in Southern California. There's no better place for tacos. What is your favorite taco, and where do you go to get that taco?
1: Uh, I used to live in San Clemente, and there was a place called Pedro's Tacos down there. <clears throat> it was very good. There were it was like a there were two locations. It wasn't a chain or anything, but uh, they had really good ones and they were gigantic. So you, you normally you'd go think oh well, I'm gonna get two or three tacos. Well, that's a lot of tacos. So but they're very it, good.
0: And what kind of taco was? It? Is it a fish taco down there in San Clemente or was it uh, other it protein?
1: Has, uh, tacos. Yeah, I think I would get them with shrimp sometimes. Oh, but, okay. Uh, they're very good.
0: And there you have it. So we want to thank Jeff. Jeff Fletcher, ladies and gentlemen, the Orange County Register. He's the beat writer for the Angels. Uh, thanks for letting us, uh, for coming on the show and giving us the lowdown on the Angels. As I said, I was really worried going into the series. And I'm one of those Dodger fans that hates losing to the Angels. So I was, re- and only because I'm going to hear it from Angel fan. It's exactly what you just described. They're never going to let up. They win. You know, a couple of games against the Dodgers, but I, I feel more comfortable now, Jeff. So, to our listeners, our viewers, Jeff is obviously the ex- the expert on Shohei Otani. So, if you guys want to know everything about Shohei Otani, you guys want to prepare yourselves for the off season, which is going to be nuts. Get the book again. The book is called Showtime: The Inside Story of Shohei Otani and the Greatest Baseball Season Ever Played. Now, is this book available everywhere, or where can they specifically get the book, Jeff?
1: uh amazon's probably the easiest way um but is it barnes and noble you can go if you check barnes and noble's website you can see which stores it's available at but you can also order it online from there too so you can just google the name of the book and it'll show up wherever you want to buy it
0: so you mean we can't go to bookstores anymore jeff and just you know go through up and down the aisles
1: (laughs) you can find a barnes and noble there's probably a, a copy in there
0: Okay, that's great. And where can our listeners, uh, our our viewers, people randomly now, Angel fans who are tuning in because you're on, where can they follow you to get all the information?
1: Uh, Jeff Fletcher OCR on Twitter, uh, and that's basically we'll, we'll give you everything I know, or links to all the stories that I write. So if you if you follow me there, you will you'll know everything that I have to report.
0: Thank you very much, Jeff. We appreciate you giving us the, the time. Gracias. There we go. I love it. And a big thank you once again to Jeff Fletcher. I appreciate Jeff uh, working on his español there at the end. Um so uh a lot a lot to um a lot to take there uh, baby face. I I got to tell you I'm really now second guessing my picks because I thought the Angels were legitimately playing well. But now the way Jeff makes it seem it seems like all they did was just beat up on bad teams. However, they did take three out of four uh, from the Rangers. So, I don't know, that is a sign. Um, What was your biggest takeaway from what Jeff had to share about the Angels?
2: Well, I wasn't aware of the season Trout's having, right? Because, I mean, Trout, you, I mean, yeah, he's been the best player in baseball, right? But you never really hear that much of Mike Trout, right? It's just kind of like, you know, he's there and he's doing this thing year in and year out. But I I wasn't aware that he was having a down year. I had to look up his, his stats this year and yeah, he's hitting two forty-eight. You know, he's a career three hundred hitter. You know, so I mean that's a little surprising. Like I mean what what do you attribute that to? I mean, was it WBC? Like, I mean, is it is it just that time in his career? You know, is is it are we gonna start seeing that downward trend on Mike Trout now? You know, what
0: what is it? That is a very good question. How old is Mike Trout now? And how many seasons is this now for Mike Trout? Because uh, what Mike Trout was doing was historic. Okay. I mean, I, we I would hear this all the time, right? In terms of Mike Trout, this is what it was probably what it looked like to see Mickey Mantle play. Right. Uh, And I think we took Mike Trout for granted. I think it's just one of those things where you sit there and you just automatically say Mike Trout is the best baseball player. Um, But, He's been doing this for a while now. How many years is he in now, Babyface? Well, he's going to be thirty-three,
2: and he's been in since uh well, since twelve with his first full season. So he's in two, He's eleventh year.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what I I have to say. I mean, if he's thirty-three years old, this may Actually, be. Sorry, he, he's going to be thirty-two. Yes. So he's going to be thirty-two. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, technically, I think he, that that's still his prime. I mean, it yeah. might be towards the end of his prime, but I mean, he he might bounce back. I mean, he might. Jeff said he was in a slump. It's been six weeks now. He might snap out of it, and by the end of the year, he might have your typical Mike Trout year.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, if you look if you look at his last thirty games, he's hitting one ninety six. Um, in that time, uh on base of 331, a slug at 374. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's been in that slump for a bit.
0: So, I mean, it, it, it's interesting uh, because I just feel like the Dodgers, whenever the Dodgers go to Anaheim, things never go well. I think there might have been one season where they swept them. Oh, I, I think it was during the pandemic year. They almost like won every game against the Angels that year. But other than that, I always feel like uh th- they struggle down there. And I just, I hate losing uh, to the Angels. And it's because of what Jeff said. It's a- it's Angel fan. I-, I mean, where do you stand on that? When I asked Jeff, is this a rivalry? Who does this mean more to? I do feel like it means more to Angel fan. So that's why when we lose to Angel fan, it's like, oh, shut up, man. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. and I- And I think growing up like the angels were just like
2: another team like yeah hey, i'd see the angels on tv and like hey cool cool for the angels whatever you know i'd watched him you know back in what was that year the the the, the don baylor home run what was that 80 oh was that 82 or something like that right with the red sox when they were they were close to going to the world series right so i mean i was uh, for the for the angels as a kid i'm like hey, yeah angels cool like and um
0: but yeah, once I think got- it was Dave Henderson, wasn't Dave? Yeah, Henderson? yeah, the, the
2: Dave Henderson home run, yeah, with
0: the yeah. Red Sox, yeah. I thought um, you were talking about Don Baylor because he played for the Angels, yeah, like back well, in '82. But you're yeah. talking about the '86.
2: Yeah, '86. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember all those guys: Don Baylor, Brian Downing, right? All these guys that yeah. the Angels had, right? Like, I mean, I was, I've always been a fan of baseball, right? So, especially local teams, I was always a big fan of. But like, yeah, once they got to the World Series, 2002, right? I was rooting for them to win. Obviously, they're playing the Giants, right? But not, not just because of the rivalry. Right? I I legitimately want hey, Angels are in the World Series. That's cool. I want them to win, right? But once that happened, once they won that World Series, that's when Angel fans completely flipped. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, we won we won a World Series. When's the last time you guys won a World Series? Blah blah blah. But now it's, they're coming. They're they're past twenty years now too, right? So like, you know, they can't really talk much now anymore. But I think that's when they kind of flipped. Uh, like now, like, hey, we we won a World Series. Like in. And I think that's when it it all changed.
0: Dude, that world series was the worst. It was absolutely, I wanted the world series to be canceled. I I couldn't root for either. I couldn't root for the angels. I just, I I absolutely could not root for the angels and I wasn't going to root for the giants. And usually when it comes to the world series, I'm always rooting for whoever is coming out of the national league. If it's the Dodgers aren't there, I'm rooting for the national league team. But that World Series was was horrible. It was the worst World Series ever. I was just like, can't we have another earthquake? Can we just like postpone it? I I, I hate seeing this, um. But it it, it is interesting. Um, obviously uh, the main reason we wanted to have Jeff on is we wanted to talk Otani, right? Because this is the Show Hey Otani Show. We want to see Otani as a Dodger, but. Do you? I like how he broke it down into percentages at the end. After hearing what Jeff has to say about Otani, do you feel more confident or less confident that the Dodgers will have a chance at signing him, or do you? Let me add, and that two parter. Do you think he's going to leave the Angels? I mean, I think he's
2: leaving the Angels for sure. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like a, that's like a given. Um, interesting, right? He had he had what did say? Dodgers at forty percent. He had him as yeah. a high, as a highest team, right? So that makes me a little weary when, 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 yes. you know, when yeah. a lot of people are like saying, "Yeah, Dodgers, Dodgers," and a lot of a lot of people are saying that, "Yeah, it's, it's going to be probably the Dodgers." It's going to be probably that makes me a little weary. Like, oh, then he's going to go somewhere else, right? I I don't know if they just do that, maybe to like, yeah, everybody's saying I'm going to the Dodgers. I'm going I'm going to go somewhere yeah. else, right? Just just to just to spite everybody, right? So that that makes me a little weary. But I mean, it, it is interesting that a lot of people are picking the Dodgers.
0: Do you think people are just picking the Dodgers because of the money? Because the Dodgers are the ones they can pay him what, what Shohei wants? Um, I mean, the Yankees got a lot of money. I mean, why aren't people talking about like Because he said in second, with 30%. Am I hearing, or did I hear this incorrectly? Didn't he say the Angels at 30%? He, I
2: think said the Angels, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Artie Moreno said, you know, he's – he's willing to do whatever it takes i mean i don't know if he's going to open up his checkbook and drop you know 600 700 million on him um, i mean i don't know how big his checkbook is but uh, i mean it is interesting i mean i mean a lot of stuff like new york you know obviously cohen you know he can give the guy a blank check right right i mean but a lot of people seem to think maybe he doesn't want to play in new york right i mean i think the la the dodger thing is because dodgers were in on him right before he went to the to the angels and I, and and i i I remember that one of the big sticking points was no DH, right? Dodgers couldn't offer him a DH spot. So what was he going to do? And I think he's still, he's still in California. He's still in the general vicinity of where Anaheim was. He's going to be in LA. Um, You know, the Dodgers do have a reputation, a a relationship, right? With Japanese players, a reputation going back, you know, with like guys like Nomo, right? Um, So, you know, I think for that makes it really viable for me, you know? and, And I think, you know, Especially, like, if the Dodgers don't win this year, right? And then they sign Shohei Ohtani and he comes over and he, they win, right? I think that's going to be huge for, for him, right? Like, hey, oh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm here. You know, now I, we won the World Series, you know? So, and I think that's true for anywhere that he goes, right? You know, if you go to Seattle, right, and he makes a difference there, right? So, I think that's, that's something you got to look at.
0: Well, that's what our friend of the Sana, Dylan Hernandez, has always said. That Ohtani is about his legacy. And part of his legacy is going to be he's the guy who came and put whatever team over the top. Now, let me ask you this. If the Dodgers end up winning the World Series this year, does that hurt their chances in signing Otani? Is Otani going to sit there and look at it and go, you know what? Yeah, maybe you guys are offering the most money, but you guys just won the World Series. I want to go somewhere where someone's going to put up a statue of me. I want to go where, you know, I'm going to be a, a legend. I mean, everyone obviously was pointing the Mariners. Or look, San Francisco has a large Asian. Uh, and and maybe like Jeff said, too, maybe we're just being, uh we're totally stereotyping the guy. Why does he need to be in an Asian community? Why does he need to be in a Japanese community? Maybe uh Shohei doesn't want that maybe Shohei wants to assimilate like we're automatically just assuming that right and that's the reason why we name these places New York Seattle LA I mean shouldn't this just be really strictly a business and a baseball decision which is the team that gives me the chance to win the World Series because we saw what happened with the World Baseball Classic he made it to the final. He had the whole world watching them. What is a better stage than that? He's not getting that with the Angels. He's not in the playoffs. He's not being showcased. So if you're Otani and his people, wouldn't you definitely, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to be in the playoffs, and then I want to go somewhere where I'm going to get paid, where people are going to pay me what I want. Yeah, And,
2: and that's a good point, too. Like, we're we're picking locations that have like a large, you know, Japanese community or whatever. And yet, I mean, I think wherever he goes, uh, that community is going to follow him, right? There, there's going to be fans in, in the, in those stands, right? Like, you know, if you pick Texas, right, he ends up with the Texas Ranger, right? I mean, I'm sure it's going to be the same thing, right? So wherever he goes, it's, you know, there's going to be that community following him. So, but, but I mean, like you said, that, that, that is interesting. I mean, I think he's gonna pick you know a, a team that's either in contention or right knocking on contention, and back to like if the Dodgers win like if they win this year, do the Dodgers really even need to go out all out next on the off season like next uh, you know right that's why they, I asked they you. they just won right like do we yeah. really need to go out out again yeah
0: i I mean I think that's gonna be one of the questions. It's like how many years do we want this guy? Because like what I I completely forgot what Jeff had said too when he said, Hey, for the first three years, this guy wasn't doing that. And he's just getting older, right? So when you when you're paying these guys, you're paying these guys for what they did in the past. You're not, you know, for, because we, I mean, we're seeing it now with current Dodger players and, and we're going to see it, you know, when Mookie's contract starts getting more into the later years. I mean, we're paying you for what you did in the past, not necessarily in the future. So I, I can understand. I, I think that's the, the only out for them, what you just said right there, baby face. If the Dodgers win the world series this year, it, I think it takes off a lot of pressure from the Dodgers for them going after Otani, they're going to do the same thing that they always do with a free agent. They're, oh, we checked in on him. We made every, we did our due diligence. We made an effort, but, and it just goes back again to Friedman doesn't like losing. Friedman doesn't like to lose on deals. So I, I mean, it, I mean, this offseason is just going to be nuts. Um, but it, it was just really interesting to hear him say all these assumptions. Like, we know Otani, like, this is what he, we were thinking. Like, when Jeff said that it's like Otani, everybody thinks he just sits there and he's miserable because he's losing. Like, Otani's having fun down in Anaheim. So, if Artie ponies up and gives him the money, well, I mean, I mean that's going to be the thing. It's just like, hey, dude, my life is good here, I'm going to get paid. I'm already getting the attention to I mean, but yeah, I, I don't know. Go ahead. And like,
2: and like you mentioned, Jeff said that the Otani is the one that brought in that samurai helmet, right? And and things like super expensive, man. I'd be scared of like dropping that, oh, helmet, hell yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you see what happened with the A's uh I don't think it was real, but they had the the Thor hammer and it, it broke the other day when they Oh no, <laughs> yeah. I didn't what what the guy hit a home run and he came in, in the dugout and he like swung it and it just boom, it fell off I I thought it was kind of reminiscent of what's going on with Thor in LA but <laughs> but yeah I mean I I would kind of be scared you know to drop that thing if you paid like you know 800,000 bucks on that on that helmet was that a legitimate hammer or was that a plastic hammer nah, I don't know I mean I don't know how like if it was like what kind of a toy hammer it is but like yeah it just broke as soon as he swung it so
0: I I mean, it's just going to be a a very interesting series, right? Because, especially this year. So, I think you had mentioned it before. I think it's a given. He's not getting traded. And especially if the Angels continue to to stay in it. They're only four and a half behind the Rangers. And you said it yourself. How much longer can the Rangers sustain this? The Astros are the Astros. And we're going to see them fairly soon also at Dodger Stadium. So... I, I mean, the Mariners are the ones that are disappointing in that division. I, I really thought the Mariners w- would be up there. So I think to a certain extent, I am a little surprised that the Angels are this competitive in that division. Uh, but it, it's for sure. And then what would you do? Like, what is a trade package that you you would have to give up your whole farm system yeah. to get someone like Shohei Neotani? And what sucks mm-hmm. is... The Angels could, I mean, excuse me, the Dodgers could completely use him right, right now. He's a starting pitcher. But then let me ask you this. Let's say we're living in a fantasy world and the Dodgers do pull off that trade for Shohei. What are you going to do with JD Martinez? JD Martinez is having a really good season for you. The Dodgers, the DH position is not a problem. Now, I know, hasn't Shohei played in the outfield? Um, not. I don't think he
2: might have played like one game or something with the Angels or two, like. But I don't think he's really been out there. But
0: I mean, because that that would solve a lot of Dodgers problems right there. Yeah. You get Shohei, he solves a pitching need for you, and then he solves an outfield need for you. I mean, hypothetically, like say if the Dodgers did make a trade for Shohei,
2: I mean, I think yeah, you'd probably have to give him a DH back, so you'd probably have to give him like JD Martinez back, right? I think that's how the only way that that would work. But you're giving up probably, you know, you have to give up like Bobby Miller, you know, Gavin Stone, Landon Knack, you know, I mean, all these, all these guys, right. You know, maybe she, you know, Sheen and the new guys coming up, right. Making the start. Um, yes. But question for you real quick. Do you think the Dodgers would go the route of uh, what they've done previously in the short, short contracts, high, high uh, annual
0: contracts? Yeah. With, with, I think that's with exactly Shohei. what they're going to do.
2: Like a 2 3 year deal, 60 70 million dollars a year, something like I that. I could see
0: that I can see them going 5 with a high a high average for 5. Cuz this is that's what they did with Bryce Harper, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they go 5? Like, I could totally like see them doing day. that. Yeah. I I could totally see them going short amount of years but with a very high average. And Shohei, he's in his late 20s, right? I believe so. So God, can you see what how old he is? Because if he, let's say he's 28 years old, would you do this? Would you take a, a four-year deal with a really high, high average and then test the market again at 32 yeah, and, see if, and see if you 20. could get another? Because technically 32 is what normally considered like the end, the end of your prime, right? It's where Mike Trout is right now. Um, but I think there's going to be another team. Like you said, I think the Mets will come in and go, we'll give you the 12 years. We'll give you the 12 years, you know, and, and we'll give you the 600 million. I mean, that, that, I mean, it's, dude, it's going to be good to be him. I mean, that's a, that's, I mean, everybody, I mean, especially now that you have Cohen and you have the Mets and especially with the season, the Mets are having right now. You Cohen's going to go all in. So it's really just going to be about, hey, Otani, do you want to go to New York? And I mean, in terms of legacy, I think it totally fits the narrative. He goes to New York and if he wins with the Mets, it's like I, I beat the Yankees. You know, I, he's going to be the king of New York. Right. Uh, but then again, it's like if you go to the Mets and you don't win, you're going to it's the Yankees town. I mean, you're going to be, I I guess that's what sucks for baseball is like, you don't want him to go somewhere where he's going to be buried again. And it's just like, when, when do we see We only see him at an all-star game that that's on a national level, because I mean, the guy's leading the American league in home runs right now. And he, and he's a great base runner. I think that's so underappreciated. If you actually watch a game and you, you see him run the base pads. I mean, he's, He's great. He's an exciting player, but to me, the only question and it's the question that Friedman and the rest of those guys are going to have to ask themselves is how much longer can he keep doing both? And if we're going to pay, we're really paying for him to do both. Okay. Let's end, We're going to end the show on this, this cliffhanger here, Babyface. Let me ask you a question. Would you maybe consider converting him to a reliever? Or is that impossible? You can't have him be a reliever. Do you want me to answer it today or on our next show? Uh, do you need time to think about it? Because if you need time to think about it, uh, we can a- answer it on another. I, I mean, I just.
2: Well, well he says the cliffhanger. So let- let's leave it for the next show.
0: Okay. I, I only say that because <laughs> of what Jeff said. That relievers are basically yeah. starters that are not successful. So if Shohei is starting to show signs that he can't be a successful starter, would um, do you completely shut down and say, all right, then you're not pitching anymore? Once you can't deliver as a starter, you're not going to pitch anymore, and you're just focused on hitting.
2: I mean, I'll answer it now, but I mean, I don't think – if I mean, you could re- you know convert him to a reliever, but I think that's still down the road. I mean, I, I think he's not to the point – he's not – He's still a very good pitcher, right? He's got a, what would we say, like a three-hour array? Three yeah. I mean, he's, he's not Noah Syndergaard yet. So, like, he, he, he's, still, he's <laughs> wow. still got. There he's, you have it, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yeah. Uh, cheer. Our, uh, we have to have at least one episode where we shit on Noah Syndergaard, and there you go. Yeah, so he, he, he's got time. Okay, well, uh, I, I'm glad you answered it because you know if we go to another episode, we're going to completely forget about it, yeah. and, and we're and we're not going to answer it. So, good uh, good call on your part. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Bleed Lows podcast. You are sido su servidor, Juan Ramírez. With the reminder, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your friends. do what the armenians are doing if you guys haven't heard the news we are the number one baseball podcast in armenia and you know how we got there it's because the armenians went and told everybody you have to listen to the bleed lows podcast so do the same here tell everyone hey you're a dodger fan listen to the bleed lows podcast
2: and if you're in armenia please like drop us a, a note tell us what you enjoy about the show so much so we can continue to do that for you guys
0: Absolutely, we want to continue our dominance in Armenia, not like our brothers in Israel who have forgotten about us. We have not heard uh, uh, from our brothers in Israel. Uh, anyways, yo has sido su servidor Juan Ramírez de parte de mi colega Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Los Podcast has been brought to you by BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe.